Amen. Look at this. Look at you guys. This is amazing. Every single Sunday I walk in here, I am amazed. I, I, I am just so thrilled and pleased to see the family of God that worships in this church, uh, this building. Um, we are just so blessed as a family. And uh, we've been having a series of lessons since J.D. and Claudette uh, went on uh, and left uh, to go on their sabbatical. We've had uh, some great lessons, uh, starting with Tom, and then with Nathan and, and Darius. Uh, and what's really cool is they, they didn't even know they were going to be doing a, a, a series of lessons until they started doing it. And uh, the, the, the series has really been focused on old men dreaming dreams and young men uh, having visions. And uh, I'm going to attempt to tie my lesson into the, that theme. Um, J.D. actually had requested that since I'm doing the lesson before Thanksgiving to do a lesson that has to do with gratitude and thankfulness. And, uh, and so I'm going to try to do both, try to kind of, you know, how to tie it in together. i got to expand my things here. But having dreams uh, has, has been what we've been focused on. Um, so, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, having dreams, dreams, and visions, and being thankful and, and gratitude. They're, they're actually, they're, it, it, you have to have the, fir- or the second to, have, to be able to do this, the first. You have to have thankfulness and gratitude, or what's the point of dreaming? I mean, if you don't, I mean, what are you dreaming? I think Darius talked about it last week. He's like, um, nobody dreams about being worse, you know, or, or things getting, uh, you know, you know, help me to be more depressed than I am, you know, help me to have more, you know, lack of faith. No, we don't dream that way. We dream about what's encouraging, what's exciting. So dream, my title of my lesson today is Dreaming of Everyday Thanksgiving. As a child, I always look forward to Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, some people don't. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there may be some in this room that that wasn't a deal for you, but it was for me. Uh, I, I, uh, when when uh, I was growing up, we would plan on traveling. Uh, and many times we'd travel to my grandparents' house. At the time, uh, back when I was real, real young, my, my grandfather was a preacher, and so they, uh, they lived in a little town where he was a preacher, and uh, we were able to um, use the church building uh, to have a family, kind of a th- Thanksgiving family, uh, was a, a Thanksgiving was like a family re- reunion. So I was able to get to see cousins and, and aunts and uncles, my grandparents, at times, where, you know, it had been a while. So we looked forward to that, and we'd have amazing food, you know, you you know that, and I hope you guys are looking forward to your amazing food for your Thanksgiving meal. If you're going to be a part of it, we're going to have some of the young guys come over uh, who didn't have, you know, family really to go home easily to go home to. They're going to share it with us, but we're looking forward to our Thanksgiving because uh, there's some amazing food to be made. But we also sat around and we we played games. I remember playing. Uh, if you guys remember the the game Risk. 
I, that's not one I always looked forward to. My brother was six years older than me, and so obviously a little bit more mature and understood how to play the game way better than I did, that he would love to play and then beat us at that game. And it was like, I don't want to play that one. But we would play card games or, you know, do different things. And, and, and then one of the highlights of my family was later after we've eaten and all were full and uh, well-rested, we, we got together and we would just sit for several hours and sing hymns as a family. My, uh, all of my family was uh, very, uh, very good singers, uh, a lot of them. So we, we would just pull out the songbooks and we would flip through and pick a, the hymn and one of my, you know, my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, whoever, my brothers, would start to lead it and then would sing. And my sister sing alto, my mom would sing soprano. And, you know, we had just, uh, it was beautiful. It was a really beautiful time. And it's a memory that I cherish because it was a time of thanksgiving, you know, of being grateful and thankful. And so those are amazing memories and those help propel us many times to be looking forward to Thanksgiving, the, the day that we meet, because that still may be something that you can do, you know, and th with your family or friends. You know, you may not have some of the ones that you used to have with you, you know, and that can make us, you know, sad to some degree, but we're just grateful, I am, of those times, and, and, and it's exciting to, to, to uh, think about that, uh, you know, that, that those times. And so, you know, having a great uh, Thanksgiving is, is important. But wouldn't it be amazing and exciting to be, have that same feeling every day? Every day. Wouldn't it be great? So my, my title is Dreaming of Everyday Thanksgiving. You know, the, you know, we're wanting to to to, um, to figure out how does that happen. I want to I want to talk about how can you have everyday Thanksgiving. What does it take to have that? So, what does it t take to just be thankful? What's the what's the the dynamics there that it requires to be thankful? Well, I think the very first thing is you got to know where you came from, right? You got to know what you're winning when you're missing something and then when you have it, right? Because that's when you get thankful. You're like, man, if, when you don't have it, it's, it's so, it's one of those things you look forward to, something to be thankful for, something to be grateful for. You know, you got to constantly understand where you came from. Ephesians chapter 2, if you turn there with me. Where were you? Where was I? Where did I come from? Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived 
among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. That's where we come from. As for you, you were dead. Before deciding to follow Jesus, we're dead in our sins. Do you believe that? I question, I, I challenge you to think about that. I ch challenge you to think about yourself. Do I truly believe I was dead in my transgressions and in my sins? Romans chapter 5, if you uh, look in there, you read through there, we're described as enemies of God. Do you ever feel like God's enemy? If you haven't, might be worth thinking about. Because that's what we have earned by our life, that we're, we're dead, we're enemies. You know, so that's, that's where we come from. In Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Okay, all right, enough, Dan. Thanks for depressing us. Really, thank you. No, but you got to start somewhere, right? You got to understand what's going on. Until... I believe that until we truly own who we are without Jesus, we will never be able to have real happiness, joy, thankfulness, and gratitude with him. You know, Jesus talked to, uh, and challenged the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees who didn't believe they were all that messed up. And so those who don't think they need to be forgiven are going to be forgiven little. But those who understand and realize they have a need for forgiveness of much are therefore forgiven much. So the deeper your understanding of where you stand before God in and of yourself, that's when you get it. That's where you start, and that's how you can go forward. But let's look at another scripture. This one, I've got to share that um, this lesson is not just my lesson today. I, I'm, I'm just, I told somebody this morning, I said, I'm so grateful for a partner who's a partner in the spiritual world, like my, my wife. I, I mean, to have a, uh, a wife is awesome, but to have a disciple wife is even more awesome. Hey. Because we are partners, and when we hurt together, we can also be encouraged together. My wife was struggling this week, and I don't mean to say, I'm just she was like we all do, right? And I was sad because she was in a place earlier this week that I couldn't do anything for. I can't fix 
people who have struggles. I'd like to help, but I can't do I, I can't do that. But we're so amazingly blessed to have a God who can. Amen. You know, He put it on her heart this weekend to get up really early because she was struggling and to go in and have a quiet time for a long time. And and Jen, when I got up, I was blurry-eyed on yeah, yesterday morning. I was like clearing the, 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 the gook out of my eyes, still just trying to wake up and get my first cup of coffee. And she started sharing what she had been going, what she had studied and, and how encouraging that was. And, and the scriptures that she was reading and how, how it really helped her. And she was sharing her joy. I was like, amen, God. You just totally answered a prayer again. You know, you, 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 you did it. I didn't. I didn't. I, I was in bed. You know, I was, I was sleeping. But God worked on Barbara and shared her th- things that she needed to see in the scriptures. And she shared them with me. And we were talking about what she was sharing. And it really kind of goes along these lines of what we talked. She was reading uh, Romans. And Romans is an amazing book if you need to understand where you stand before God without him. But uh, one of the scriptures that came to mind while we were talking is Ezekiel 37. Let's turn over there. Ezekiel 37 says, this is God and the prophet Ezekiel. And God took Ezekiel. And he says, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that were covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Think about that. Imagine that. Picture that in your head. A valley full of dry bones. Now, that actually was a thing back then. Back back in the days, they had wars. And they were brutal. And you'd get thousands of men killed in a battle in the middle of nowhere. And you would... Years and years and years later, people would travel through those and go, wow, look at this place. Because in Israel, it's, it's pretty dry and arid. So these things don't just disappear into and under the ground. So you could find locations where there was big battles, and you would see bones everywhere. And that's, that's, a, that's a reality, uh, 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 something that was truly capable of happening and did happen to people as they traveled they would find this well God took Ezekiel to a valley full of bones and asked him can these bones be made alive again and and Ezekiel said oh sovereign lord I replied you uh, alone know the power uh, the answer to that then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to, those bo- to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. Here's the question. How dead are you? How dead are you in and of yourself? You know, how dead? You know, could you be just died on the, the operating table and they can pull out the paddles and give you a shock and revive you? Are you just a little bit dead? Just recently dead? How about... You've been dead a few hours. But maybe Miracle Max can make a pill that will revive you. Because you were just mostly dead. Do you guys remember that movie, Princess Bride? And Miracle Max says, oh, she's not really dead. He's just mostly dead. You know? Are you in that shape? Or are you dry bones dead? Are you been, have you been dead so long, nothing is left of you except for dry, bleached bones that scavengers wouldn't even pick over? How dead are you? The greater you understand or have an understanding of how, how dead you are uh, without God, the greater your depth and gratitude will feel for what God has done for us. I challenge you every day, evaluate how dead you are without God. Because when you realize that you are dry bones dead, your bones are scattered, there's no flesh on those bones, there's no muscle, there's no skin, you are just bleached white bones. But God, he said, I'm going to breathe life into you. I'm going to put the muscle back on the bone. I'm going to cover you with skin. I'm going to breathe life into you. Amen. That kind of dead and that kind of resurrection, that's something to be excited about on a daily, daily basis. For some reason, my... My uh, tablet brought up my keypad, and I don't want that because it's covering my stuff. All right, sorry. Give me a second. Go away. <laughs> Go away. I don't want you. Oh, sorry. Then it's not it's wanting to write things, too. Sorry. All right, we'll work around it. So that my first point, if you haven't figured it out, is understand where you come from. How dead are you? How dead without God are you? Let's look over in Romans chapter 5. Second point is understand where you are now. Okay? So Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right with God, in, in right in God's sight, 
by, our, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserving privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Confident in, so Paul talks about having peace. Isn't that something we want? Don't you want to be at peace? Do you like strife and conflict and struggle and, and hurt and pain? I don't. I hate it. I absolutely despise it. I want to have peace. I, my goal in life is to feel joy and confidence and peace and thanksgiving and gratitude. That's what my, my goal is. I hope that's part of your goals, that you want that. And this, this distinctly says that when we're made right by our faith, that we are able to have peace, that we are given peace. It's a part of, it's the package. It's part of the package. And that we can then confidently and joyfully do what? Look forward. Well, what is looking forward? Isn't that a vision? Isn't that a, a dream? Looking forward to what? Sharing God's glory. You want to share God's glory? I sure do. I'm excited about that. I'll tell you, I haven't been excited as much as I have this morning to get a chance to just share these scriptures. Because it's not me. These aren't me. I, I, I didn't write this. God wrote this stuff. He's given us that. When we decide to follow Jesus and obey his directions of how to be made right by faith, Paul said we will have peace, joy, and confidence as we look forward to God's glory. So my third point is dream about where you're going. How do you have everyday Thanksgiving? You know where you came from. You know where you are. And you're looking forward to something even more exciting. What do you do when your prayers and your, are answered and your dreams have come true? I'll tell you. Look back there at Robert and uh, John and Harriet and some of the others, that are, and Becky and Charlie, how we've been meeting in our homes for a, a lot of years. And then we tried to meet in a few little fellowship places and those didn't necessarily work out and you know we went up from we had some disciples and we shared our faith and we enjoyed the chance to be able to uh, baptize people into the the family of God some people stayed some people didn't it was up and down but we still were faithful we still decided that you know we had to meet together we had to be a, a, a fellowship because we needed each other. We needed this family. Because it helped us to stay faithful to God. We're, we're a family and we worship together because it's important. It's important to 
show love to each other, to show God's forgiveness to each other when we haven't had the greatest relationship with somebody or things have been said and done that hurt people's feelings. You know, that's happens in a family. I, I know it's happened in my physical family a ton, but it happens in the family of God too. But you know what? Through it all, we had a vision. We wanted to see the church grow. We didn't talk about it all the time, but we had it. It was there. We wanted to see what God could do. We asked and went seeking help. We went to churches and asked them, hey, can you guys help us become a, get a full-time ministry couple? We really would like that. <laughs> it took us five or six years. We went looking. We went knocking. Hello. Uh, you know, this, we're the Greater Huntsville group. We would really like to get some help to have a full-time ministry couple come and, and help us because they asked uh, Barbara and I when Steve and Rebecca Wormer went and became full-time leaders at a church uh, somewhere else, um, they asked Barbara and I to step up and try to just to do our best as the and that, that was what it was, trying to do our best to, to help lead this, this little group. So pretty quick to, to realize I am not a full-time leader kind of guy. I, I'm a good wingman. I can, I, can, I can help out and I can do things, but I realized that was, even though I grew up in a, a home where my grandfather was a preacher, my dad was a preacher, I just realize I, didn't, I don't think I had really what it takes to do it after being asked to try to do it with just a little group. And so I really was like, God, this ain't, I'm not cut out for this. Please help us find somebody who is. You know, and God took his time. We were frustrated. We were brought up on stage once, one, uh, uh, at one uh, uh, conference. That was 2014. And it was like, okay, we're going to plant the church this year in Huntsville. And it was like, well, we're kind of here already, but okay, you, you can plant. You know, that's fine. And they prayed over us, and we were excited. 2017 is when that, uh, when that prayer actually got answered. But that was God's timing. That was all his. And that was a dream, and that was an answered prayer. And then we started seeing it, you know, the, the results of having the Lusans move here and their leadership and guidance and help, and that God really start blessing things and seeing, you know, people baptized on the campus and seeing singles, you know, come and, and, and be baptized and, and, and move here. And then people just started moving and just started being studied with. And, and God just took that. And even during the pandemic, even during times where we were not meeting together all that often, we were meeting on Zoom. God showed us how to do that. We could have meetings to, uh, remotely. It wasn't the same, but it was definitely a, a way to tie us together and keep us together as a family, even when we weren't physically with each other. And then we were able to start meeting at the parks and that was a joy. That was exciting. Back again. Hey, we're, we, we're, we're, we're meeting together. And God just worked that out. And then, and then hey, the Garvita's like, let's look for a place to, to buy some land. And God said, okay, you do that. I'm going to lead you to 
a place that not only had land, but had a church building on it too. And he just opened it up for them and showed them this. And it just got just each, each of these steps were God leading what's going on here in Huntsville. And so here we are, the last few weeks, we're meeting as a, uh, as a group. We're, we're meeting with over 80 people on, on a Sunday. Is it? I mean, 80 people. 80 people here or more. I don't know what the, uh, what the, the, the amount. Chris, did you have a chance to count yet? You got us a number for the 85. Amen. <laughs> I've been telling people, we hit 100. We're having a party. Uh, I'm going to, to stick with that because we, we hit 100, 100 on just any given Sunday. That's just, I don't know. If I could still do backflips, if I ever could have done back, I'd do backflips. But it's exciting. because And so what do you do when your dreams are coming true? Huh? What do you do? First you celebrate. There you go. But then you dream bigger dreams. You have bigger visions. And by all of that, by knowing where you came from, knowing how dead and bleached bones you are, and how amazing the gift of salvation is that God put muscle and skin and breath into you and made you alive with him. That plus what he's doing on a daily basis in your life. Are you able to identify the gifts of God or are you only focused on the struggle? You got to get out of that. You got to seek the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation helps you to be dreaming dreams of thanksgiving and, and faithfulness and gratitude on a daily basis. And you will be, you can be Barnabas. As you look in uh, the, the book of Acts, Barnabas was an amazing disciple, and he was labeled a son of encouragement, the son of encouragement. Wouldn't you like to be that guy? Wouldn't you like to be known as the son of encouragement or the daughter of encouragement and not the, that, uh, the man, I, I'm sure praying for that sister or that brother because they're really struggling, and you don't want them to struggle, but, but wouldn't it be better, wouldn't it be exciting that you were like, man, that person so encouraging wow they have so and it's all because of faith that's all it is and that's huge but that's all it is it's got to come from faith that God truly is able to raise you from the dead put uh, bone and, and uh, put bones together put marrow together put uh, flesh on your bones put skin on you that's all because you believe God can do it. That's what Abraham did. Read Romans. The first five chapters of Romans are so encouraging. Because it shows that Abraham, he wasn't perfect. But he had amazing faith. And he was the father of our faith. 
And if we just follow that example, we can dream dreams and have visions and be thankful and grateful every single day of our life. And to God be the glory.